Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Narrow Path Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Isaac, and I'm glad you guys are here with me today. Today, we're going to be covering uh, the last portion of the uh, 23 Certitudes of God, which uh, the series is labeled God 23. And... We last left off, we did 8 through 15 on the second episode, Um, so we're going to cover 16 through 23. I hope you guys have had a a good week, um, a good Thanksgiving week, as it's uh, today's Monday as I'm recording. Um, It was a pretty busy weekend for, for us. It's pretty calm Thanksgiving, in my opinion. Um, did pretty well cooking. I, I was able to get the second episode recorded and up um, in the midst of that. Um, so praise God for that. Um, let's see. Our church service yesterday was phenomenal. Um, it was the last piece in the last part of the Holy Spirit series that uh, they were teaching. Um, it was a phenomenal series. Uh, if you if you guys get a chance, uh, check it out online. That's Trace Church of Colorado Springs. That's on YouTube, and uh, they record um, the sermons, so you could catch that series if you're interested. All right. Well, we're gonna go ahead and jump into the. To the last portion of this series so we're going to jump into number 16 which is god is light and in that we're going to be in the new testament in james 1 17 and then in first john 1 5 so light meaning uh illumination the, the which is the opposite of darkness god or god god or god's word the bible are frequently represented as light or lamps to enlighten and guide the uh, the believers. James 1, 17, that says, For every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and coming down from the Father of lights, from which there is no variation of shadow or turning. Amen. 1 John 1, 5 states, and in the sun, I'm sorry, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Amen. So if we're in Christ and walking with him, um, we, we are a representation of the light on the earth. Meaning that there shouldn't be darkness in us, God's goodness and mercy should be shining through us in every situation that we do though that is hard and easier said than done um it is the level that god wants us to reach um, with our walk being able to be the light meaning uh, spreading the good news uh, spreading the gospel um, to as many people as we possibly can um, spreading god's love and mercy and joy and happiness in in every state um, in every form possible. Um, 
when you think of pitch black darkness, all it takes is a a tiny, tiny hole of, of light to change from pitch black darkness to a different shade. So just remember that every single hole of, of light that you are puncturing through your flesh, it is, it's producing and, and taking less darkness and producing more light and more shine in, in your body and in your soul. And it's a wonderful feeling. Um, knowing the opposite of light is darkness, um, that would be the state of mind uh, without God. Um, being more focused on self, being more focused on the gain of money, um, or focused on hating God. You know, that that's all darkness and it, it's evil and it, it comes from Satan. Amen. So we have number 17 now. Which is God is good. Amen. And for that, we'll be in Psalms. It'll be 107, verse 8. Psalms 107, verse 8. So good. The word good is a word with two distinct meanings in the Bible. It can be used as an adjective meaning. Uh, meaning pleasant, full of measure, kind, and gracious. Or as a noun, good means uh, primarily God himself, which you would see that in uh, Mark 10, 18. The Bible also speaks of God's works, his gifts, and commands as good. And uh, we see here in Psalms 107, 8. Oh, that man would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of of men. Amen. So knowing that God is not only good, but he's always good. He, what he has in mind is always good. Um, when it comes to the aspect of whatever he's deciding to do, as, as we've learned in, you know, th these last few, um, episodes, God does things purposely. And he does it in accordance to to his right and his and his um, judgment. So everything that God does believes is right. That he believes um, it's just, and he does it for for us to get closer to him. So in every aspect of when you're thinking of God and and what you're going through, just remember that you're going through that. So you can get to this, to the point in your life that you realize, man, I really can't do this on my own. Man, I, I really, really need God. And God will show you the goodness of his mercy, the goodness of his grace, the goodness of redemption and his love. And once you start walking that path, that goodness shines into different areas. Amen. All right, so we're going to jump into number 18, which is God is merciful. And we're going to stay in Psalms. That's going to be Psalms 103. This one's going to be a little bit longer, verses 8 through 17. All right, the aspect of God's love that causes him to help the miserable. 
just as grace is the aspect of his love that moves him to forgive the guilty. Those who are miserable may be so either because of breaking God's law or because of circumstances beyond their control. God shows mercy upon those who have broken his law. We would see that in Daniel 9.9 or 1 Timothy chapter 1 uh, verses 13 and 16. Although such mercy is selective, demonstrating that it is not deserved. And you, you would see that in Romans 9, 14 through 18. You guys can go on, um, go back up to these verses on your own time. God's mercy on the miserable extends beyond punishment that is withheld. You would see that in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. Um, withheld punishment keeps us from hell, but it does not get us into he heaven. God's mercy is greater than this. Call also shows God also shows mercy by actively helping those who are miserable due to circumstances beyond their control, uh, such as Jesus healing the blind, the lepers. Um, these acts of healing grew out of his attitude of compassion and mercy. Because God is merciful, he expects his children to be merciful as well. Amen. Now we get to the, <clears throat> the scripture which is uh, Psalms 103, verses 8 through 17. And states, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abound in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punish us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is to, uh, from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. Amen. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for men, his days are like grass. As the flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone. And its, <clears throat> excuse me, and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him, and His righteousness to children's children. Amen. Mercy. What would we do without mercy? That is, in my opinion, one of the main reasons Jesus um, came down and did what he did. Uh, the Father wanted to show that he is willing to give up his most prized possession to show us mercy. Is it, isn't that weird? Most of us, we, we show mercy when someone hurts us. We, we don't give them something and then say, I forgive you. So God not only forgave us, but he gave us a gift at the same time. As we spit in his face, 
He gives us a gift of uh, of Jesus, of his blood, of his salvation. And, uh, and that's God's mercy for us. He's given us the opportunity. He gives us the opportunity every day to repent, to ask for forgiveness, to um, alter a few things in our walk, to um, coexist with the, Ho with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, without God's mercy, none of this would happen. Jesus wouldn't have died for us, then we wouldn't have the Holy Spirit. So we would be stuck in a legalistic state of mind, as in the Old Testament, versus what we have now. So you would be seeing us uh, at the end of you know every month going to to the temple and and asking and 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 using um animals as a sacrifice to God versus what we're able to do now because of God's mercy and his grace amen now that's a grace that is number 19 God is gracious amen number 19 God is gracious and for that I have a Old Testament scripture and a New Testament scripture. Old Testament, we're going to be in Psalms. It'll be Psalms 111, verse 4. Then the New Testament is 1 Peter 5.10. And we're talking about God's graciousness, his, how gracious he is, his grace. Uh, grace is, uh, is courteous. It means courteous, kind, pleasant. When God's himself gracious, what he means is he sees you as a treasure. He delights in you, uh, regardless of your status, regardless of your behavior. He still sees you as his treasure. Amen. So we look at Psalms 111, verse 4. said, He has made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Amen. And the New Testament scripture is 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 10, verse 10. Amen. Which states reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Amen. Grace. You always see grace um, when when you when you say mercy it, right after is usually grace or grace and mercy what, what, however you want to look at it they coexist together because his forgiveness isn't just you know because he want to it's because he's being gracious at the same time it shows his love and compassion that's behind the forgiveness. And the mercy and when you get the love and compassion behind the mercy that's where the difference was when I explained we don't give people gifts when they forgive us or I'm sorry when they ask for forgiveness we don't give them gifts and then forgive but God was gracious with his forgiveness with his mercy and he was kind enough and he's seen us as treasure not not us as a whole one by one by one by one Every single one of us, God sees us 
as his treasure. No matter your faults, no matter your failures, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you went through in your life, and no matter what you're going through, or what you're going to go through, God will always see you as his treasure. Amen. Alright, so we will move on to number 20, which is God is love. Amen. This is where they all come together. God mercy, God is grace, and God is love. The, the, this God that we are referring to with all of these combined refers to the God of the New Testament. Amen. So we look at number 20, which is God is love. And obviously, these are this is an obvious scripture, which you don't really even have to flip to. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but what? Have eternal life. Amen. The other scripture I have is Romans 5.8, which is but God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we are still sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Amen. Love, that, that's something that gets thrown around way too much. We fall in love with, with the opposite sex. And, and we say it's love in almost every single relationship from starting in middle school. You loved her in high school. That was your high school sweetheart. You loved her. If you went to college or in college, you might find her there. You can say you loved her. Love is one of the most thrown around, abused and misused words in the human language. It really is. Love can be used as as a shield of, of not even caring for someone. It can be used as an excuse to hurt people. It, it, it can be used in so many d different manipula manipulation tactics that it, most people don't even like that word. They're afraid to hear it. What is real love? Well, real love is found in God. And you talk about what real love is. Be a agape love. The love of God for man and of man of God. Agape love. The highest form of love. It's selfless. Sacrificial. And it's unconditional love. Where do you find this? Even in a marriage, are you selfless 100% of the time? Do you sacrifice everything for your spouse? Do you love them unconditionally? Even when they get on your nerves? Even when, when you have a bad morning? Do you demonstrate those three things to your spouse alone? To your kids? Is this the love that you're demonstrating? Because this is the love that God demonstrated towards us. 
Amen. And he do he he does it on a daily basis. And the 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 most obvious sign of love that we've ever seen is Jesus Christ being put on a cross. The Son of God hanging there for our sins, for our transgressions, while he he was sinless. All he did was try to save people, how to push them towards truth. And he gets hung on the cross. That is agape love. That's the love that we're supposed to have. If you can't even have it in your own home, if you can't even look at yourself and say, I love you, and I love what I love you because God made you in his image. God views you as a treasure. If you can't look at yourself, if you can't look at your wife, if you can't look at your kids, how in the world are you going to look at your neighbor and say, I love you and mean it? Not, not just out of necessity because God tells us to, but really mean it. Because that's what we're supposed to do. We're not just supposed to do it because he says it. We're supposed to do it because he says it, but do it because he wants us to mean it. Amen. Because he meant it for us. I, we have to return the favor. Spreading God's love, that agape love, will change people's hearts. Will change the trajectory of their life. Will change their walk. Will change how they view God how they view their neighbors, how they view uh, the church. Agape love. Unconditional, selfless, willing to sacrifice. Always giving and devotes total commitment to seeking the highest and the best. That's agape love. Amen. And that's what God is. Alright, so we'll go to number 21 now. Amen. Which is God is spirit. God is spirit. And the scripture I have uh, to go with this is John chapter 4 verse 24. That's John 4, 24. Which states, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Amen. Those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Amen. In the Old Testament, the spirit occasionally uh, came upon people to give them power to do God's will or to enable them to serve God uh, in a, a uh, unique way. The spirit of God uh, gave them to... Uh, Bezalel uh, gave him wisdom and skill to build the tabernacle, which uh, that was Exodus 31 3. Um, God, uh, the Spirit of the Lord, enabled Samson to kill the young lion with his bare hands. That, you see that in Judges 14 5 through 6. Um, he, he gave the prophets the ability to prophesy in the Old Testament. You'd see the Numbers 24.2, Ezekiel 11.5. Then you can jump to the New Testament. The Holy Spirit was uh, more actively present 
among the people of God. Um, the Holy Spirit was the agent of fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies. And you will see that. Um, I have more scriptures. Like I said, you can go along um, um, in your free time and check out the scriptures that have correlating these points. Uh, for time's sake, we will not be going through all of them. But the Holy Spirit was the agent of fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies. And you'll see that Acts 1, 16, uh, Acts 2, 16 through 21, Acts 3, 18, and Acts 28, 25 through 27. Amen. Uh, he continued to inspire Christian prophets and workers in order to work his will on earth. And and that's that's our, the Great Commission. Amen. The Holy Spirit uh, came upon new Christians, which you see that in Acts 10, uh, 44 through 48. Um, they, they purified, the Holy Spirit purified and sanctified them. You see that uh, in 2 Corinthians 3.18 and 2 Thessalonians 2.13. And uh, the Holy Spirit also guided the direction of early Christian ministry works, which you see in Acts uh, 10.19. Through twenty, and Acts sixteen six through seven. Amen. And when when we get to this topic of the Holy Spirit, like I said, um, um, the church I attend, we we just went through a series which was phenomenal. So I could bring up so many, so many points about what we went over. Um, but I want to go back to the scripture, John four twenty four. It says, "God is spirit." And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Meaning, they must worship him, A, as the, with the Holy Spirit with them. And B, the truth of God has to be in them. Which is the 66 books that we read, that's the truth of God. So we have to be able to not only walk with the holy spirit but walk with the truth that god has given us in these books amen and he and he will grant um that certain path that that he has aligned for us to to push the gospel to to push the word to to bring people into your church to to bring people into the kingdom of god amen And um, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, let, let me just get this out of the way. You do not need to be able to speak in tongues. Amen. Speaking in tongues is one of the most misused and misrepresented uh, tools that uh, mostly Pentecostal churches uh, overly use and misuse. Amen. If you look at the scriptures... And what they do yeah, when it comes to tongues in the in their churches, and I've gone through that. I've gone a lot of my life to that Pentecostal church and seen it, and seen the lies, and seen the deception that man does. Amen. Um, don't get me started on this. <laughs> we will definitely go over that on another time. Amen. 
Okay, so we are now on number 22. We're almost done, guys. Hey, man, thank you again for being here with me. Uh, number 22 is God is one. God is one. And for that, I have Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 5, and then we'll be in Isaiah. So that Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. That states, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Amen. And then you go to Isaiah 44, verses 6 through 8. Isaiah 44. Verses 6 through 8. That states, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. Who can proclaim as I do? Then let him declare it and set it in order for me, since I appointed the ancient people. And the things that are coming and shall come, let, uh, let them show these to them. Do not fear, nor be afraid. Haven't I, have I not told you from that time and declare it? You are my witness. Is there a God besides me? Indeed, there is no other rock. I know not one. Amen. Now, I, I don't want to really get into a conversation about um, other gods, but as we know, in any, you know, many other cultures, um, they have and believe in multiple gods for uh, certain things. You know, uh, talking about Greek mythology, the hundreds of gods that they have. Uh, the singular power that they each one of them have to control the sun or uh, to possess the waters or whatever. Amen. It just it blows my mind how other other cultures can can be more than willing to believe in more than one God. That they they trust a group of. of of individuals versus one so they're trusting heads with multiple thought processes with multiple emotions and with multiple outcomes versus our god who i mean which what we've read and what we've gone over over you know this is number 22 so over the last 21 points of who god is and what makes him the one and only God. Amen. There's only one true God. With him being the beginning and the end. The first and the last. The Alpha. The Omega. He. If, if you in your mind have any thoughts or any questions about there being multiple gods. There's something 
wrong. Amen. You can't believe that the God that we believe in in the Bible is the God, but also believe in Zeus or Hercules or Poseidon and all those other characters. Amen. Because they're not gods to me. They are just characters. So you have the choice of, of the one or the many. And if you choose the many, you, you're missing out on eternity with the one. I don't know what that many leads to in you know Greek mythology's eyes, but in our eyes, that leads to a fiery furnace. Amen. All right. We are going to finish this up. This is the last point, and I appreciate you guys. If you guys listen to all three episodes, amen, hallelujah, thank you guys. You guys are awesome. Stay tuned in for the next ones. They're coming soon. But here we are, the last point of the 23 certitudes of God. And for me, this deserves to be the last for a reason. Okay? Number 23, God is a trinity. Amen. God is a trinity. And for that, we're going to be New Testament. We'll be Matthew 28, 19. And then we'll be in 2 Corinthians. All right. So Matthew 28, 19 states, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 2 Corinthians, be chapter 13, verse 14. 2 Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 14. It says, In the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen. Well, this is where um, a lot of uh, Christians have issues with with the uh, Trinity. Um, one scripture that my pastor did bring up, it was 60%, 6 percent 60% of Christians don't either uh, believe in the Holy Spirit or don't view him as a him. Amen. Which he is. He can't be in it. The Godhead is three in one. Amen. Um, it's, you, you need all three. Amen. In order to piece together exactly what God is calling us to do and what God is calling us for. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit is listed and named as the helper. Amen. So the 12 disciples had Jesus next to them. Amen. We don't. We don't have Jesus physically next to us or verbally next to us. We, we can't hear him the way the disciples heard him. So what we got was the helper, the Holy Spirit. Though he is unseen, he is right next to you. 
He's walking right next to you. He's trying to guide you in the right direction. He's trying to pull you as your flesh is pulling you the opposite way. God uses the Holy Spirit to, to push us and, and to, to form us and, and to teach us and to train us to be who God wants us to be. Amen. And um, I just feel like without the Trinity, without having the Holy Spirit, um, I don't see any advancement in in the kingdom of God. You know, the, the Holy Spirit came to us as the helper to help us lead, help us to guide not only our daily lives, but also our walk with the world and our battle to bring in um, more numbers for the kingdom. Amen. And um, I just feel like too many Christians miss out on on what God has to offer. When you're cutting out 33% of the Godhead, you're cutting out at least 33% of God's blessings. I mean, let's be honest. The fruit of the Spirit is exactly um, what we should be following along, what we should be thriving for. Amen. Um, so w without the Holy Spirit, there's no Trinity. Without uh, the Father, there's no Trinity. Without Jesus Christ, there's no Trinity. They are three. They are one. Amen. Um, I, I do have in one added verse that I want to end this with. It will be Matthew 12, 31 through 32. Amen. This is um, this is Jesus speaking, and uh, this is very important. It's regarding the Holy Spirit. And so, therefore, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men. But the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven, man. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or the age to come. Amen. It's just denying the Holy Spirit is denying the work of the disciples. It's denying the ability of God, and and we are we're, we're in no right to do that. Amen. We are in no position to to undercut God or His power, His divine power, His divine mercy, His divine love. Um, it's pointless. You're going in a battle that you will not win. Amen.
again, I want to thank you guys if you tuned in. This was the final episode of the very first series, uh, God 23. I appreciate you guys being with me. Um, this is my first series and my first podcast ever. So I predict that it's only going to get better. Like, just give me a little bit of time and I'll work through the kinks and the ums and the spaces and I won't be as nervous. I want the Holy Spirit to be leading me and I want the Holy Spirit to to be on my tongue and guiding my words. I don't want to blaspheme uh, I don't want to blaspheme God. I don't want to blaspheme Jesus or the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to be used as a uh, an outlet. Um, uh, I mean, I'm not the best of the best, and I, I definitely don't know it all. And there's definitely pastors and, and preachers out there that provide great content. Um, <clears throat> I'm just an ordinary guy. I just want to spread the love of God and... Um, keep help keep us in line it's important we don't want to end up being like corinth amen we don't want to end up being like those the those first churches that started out really good but ended up going down their own their own path of what they wanted amen Um, let's keep god in mind let's keep jesus in mind and let's allow the holy spirit to to push us towards um being better sons and daughters of Christ, being better uh, fathers and mothers, being better brothers and sisters in Christ, um, being better neighbors, co-workers. That's all I'm trying to do here. I mean, whether it's me talking to myself or me preaching to multitudes, it, it doesn't matter. Whatever I'm saying, God wants me to hear as well. And, and I will listen to it and I will hear it again. Amen. Keep your spiritual ears open. It's not about what you see, guys. Uh, Listen to God. Hear hear His still voice. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. And just keep a daily reminder of what Jesus did on that cross for us. I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed the series. Give me feedback. Like, share, follow. Um, whatever you want to do. Thank you very much. Um, I'm going to end it with a little prayer. And uh, you guys have a good day. Uh, Father God, I want to thank you. Thank you for another day of life, Lord God. For uh, the ability to breathe in this the beautiful air, Lord God. Um, I want to thank you for the ability to, to be able to do this. Many countries are restricted, Lord God. They... They can go to prison, get murdered over even just saying your name or holding a Bible. Lord God, I want to thank you for being in America, for being able to do what I, I'm, do, I'm able to do for you, Lord God. And I, I will do whatever you push the Spirit for me to do, Lord God. And I, I, I pray for us, Lord God, that we, that we all walk the narrow path, Lord God. That we all cling on to the Holy Spirit. That we all cling on to the 66 books. That we cling to you in prayer, Father God. 
But we trust in you and your son and the Holy Spirit. I pray for any families that are dealing with uh, any illnesses or uh, any sicknesses going on right now. Um, Father God, put your healing hands upon them, Lord God, and uh, keep the, every family safe, Lord God. Um, whether they're traveling or they're home or whatever the case may be, uh, I pray a hedge of protection over them, Lord God and my family as well. Uh, Lord, continue to work in us. Father, continue to guide us with your Holy Spirit and continue to push us uh, to be what you have called us to be in your kingdom. It's in your precious Son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys. Much love. It's all in Jesus' name.